Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Maureen, your Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my neighbour Maureen. Yeah, thank you. Look out. There's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to another episode of Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein, I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a pianist, and I love films. As ex-Prime Minister John Major once said, the first requirement of politics is not intellect or stamina, but patience. And I should know, I've sat through all three Lord of the Rings films in one sitting, and they were the extended editions. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died and I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Future guests include Nick Helm, Ashling B and Emerald Fennell. But for episode 14 we have the brilliant Jade Adams. But first up, the big news. On Saturday, 3rd of November at 6pm, I will be doing a live episode of Films to be Buried with at the BFI South Bank. Oi oi! There will be a brilliant secret guest... And I might even do some audience answers too. Tickets are on sale at the BFI website. And the BFI have also given a special discount code only for podcast listeners. So if you put the code BURIED in, that's B-U-R-I-E-D, you'll get £2 off the normal price. I suggest you get your tickets fast as it's going to be a cracker. Also, if you do like the show, please subscribe and give it five stars and a nice review for the simple reason that apparently it helps our numbers and it means more people get to hear it and I can keep making it, etc, etc, until we all die or the internet explodes. So, Jade Adams. If you don't know Jade, she is a phenomenal performer, an incredible stand-up, she has an amazing outlook and a brilliant voice and she is also part of the A Musical gigs, which if you've never been to, you must go at some point in your lives. Now, I have to give a special trigger warning, heads up in this one. Yes, there is the usual swearing and spoilers, but this one was a real roller coaster. We recorded it during the Edinburgh Fringe Festival where we were both doing shows and we were all very emotional and Jade goes very deep into some quite serious death talk in this one, but it's very truthful and brilliant and she insisted I keep it all in. Anyway, I think she's amazing and aside from the sad bits, this is also a really funny one, so enjoy it. That's it for now. And I very much hope you enjoy episode 14 of Films to be Buried with. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. 
Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Films to be Buried With. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I'm joined today by... Jade Adams. No, I'm joined today by comedian, musician, activist. Eh? Instagrammer. <laughs> activist for what? Wait your turn. I am joined today by comedian, musician, voice of an angel, voice of a generation, Instagrammer, Twitterer, huge activist, doesn't like to talk about it. <laughs> Rapping. Rapper. Beatboxer. Lover. Beatboxer. Beatboxer. Photoshopper. Photoshopper. Brand manager. Brand manager. Merch salesman. I've got no merch. She's got no merch yet. (laughs) She also is a sunglass model. Please welcome to the show. It is the one and only, the divine, Miss Jade Jade Adams. I'm glad that's working. Oh, it's wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me, and thank you for travelling to me as well. That's been really helpful. It's lovely. We are at Jade's uh, house, flat, in Edinburgh. She's invited me over. It's fucking miles away, and it's an absolute treat to be here. Um, Now, are you a film guy, Jade? I love films. Do you? Love, love, love films. Well, I've struck gold. I struggled very hard when I was younger with making friends because I was a slightly different oddball kind of kid I wasn't really the type of person that was popular you know you had to be a bit sort of bland and basic to be popular when you were younger and I was always like saying weird stuff that I'm now celebrated for um but it meant that I lived in movies and my brother still does my brother is uh very different from me he's an electrician and I've never seen him happiest than when he's talking about films. And mm. I have a very, that's my, my brother and I have very little in common except for movies. I love that. With each other. But I live, I, I live, I live among, like after I, I've seen certain movies, which we'll talk about. Yeah. I live in them in my head for weeks on end. When I was younger, after I saw one particular movie, my mum thought I have to go to therapy because I was really, really depressed oh. with what happened at the end of it. Um, but I, are I, we going to talk about that film? Yeah. Okay. We are, well, yeah. right. Well, I like that you've set that up. Yeah. I'm already like skipping ahead the podcast. <laughs> to get to it. But I, yeah. I would pretend like I'd kiss pillows and pretend that I'd be kissing the love interest. Mm. The way I, I love about you, Brett, mm. is you are in one of my favourite films. Oh God. Which is Super Bob. Which I shouldn't really bring up on this podcast well, because it's a little bit embarrassing. Oh, but it's really embarrassing. Made, but go on. You made the perfect movie. Stop. It's really Continue. great. You're perfect for that genre as well. Like your performance in it's brilliant. And Natalia Tanner is mm. absolutely incredible. Like it's She's it's phenomenal. perfect. It's a pitch perfect movie. Well, thank you Should have been much. much bigger than it was. Thank Should you. have been global, mate, because yeah. it's absolutely brilliant. Thank you. I love it. Thank Just you. to let you know, have watched it. 
quite a few times. That's the other things I do. Yeah. I watch movies a ridiculous amount of times. How are we going to prove to people that I didn't pay you to say that? There's no way. Because by the end of this podcast, they're going to realise what a film fanatic I am. Okay. And when people say they're a film fanatic, they mean they turn up to the cinema in a turtleneck and then be analytical. I'm talking, I get obsessed to the point that I know entire scripts to films. Right. I love it. Uh, that's rule. Then, then I think you've come to the right place. I think so. Um, that's also very nice about you and your brother. Um, my dad is all about football. And that's often, like, we'll just call up and he'll say, so here's what happened at the game today. And that's all, that's, you know, that's that's, that's enough. Uh, but I guess I'm like that with, I sort of, go, I'll, he'll tell me about football and then I'll go, I saw this film the other day. And I don't think either of us care about it either. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's how we, you know, it's we're having a nice time. Yeah, we're having a nice time in a way. We're just sort of being there together. Neither of us listening to the other. no. Because in our job with yeah. comedy, uh, it's so about communication and getting people to understand exactly the words you're saying. But in your own personal life, sometimes that isn't part... Like, the people I have in my lives aren't the people that come and watch me on stage. Like, my brother, for example, yeah. he doesn't watch me do comedy. He's been once... I nearly I, I nearly died for an entire set, but managed to pick oh, it back up because I'm a pro. You really But are. he um, ha- has never been back since. And I asked him... <laughs> why like, don't, I hated it. I, I, I said to him once, I was like, why don't you come and watch me do comedy? I'm really doing quite well. And he was like, well, you don't watch me do electrics. Fair and play. he has a point. Fair play. I've seen him do electrics as well. He absolutely stormed it. <laughs> Five stars, mate. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> well, I mean, I suppose I should tell you this now, and I should have told you this when I came in. I'm sorry to have left it so late. That's all right. Quite, well, it's quite, it's quite a shock for some people, but um, it's quite sad. I'm sorry. But uh, you died. You died. I did die. How did you die? Um, I died on stage. No. Like Tommy Cooper. I don't believe it. Really? I had a heart mid- attack because I got... I'm I'm not I'm never going to lose weight. I probably will at some point. I'll get all LA, but I'm going to yeah, but but in this death I yeah. have died from obesity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on stage? Yeah. During a particular routine? Uh, but, uh it, it was it's on the it was on stage. It was in front of 20,000 people. Wow, that's great in yeah. a way. Yeah. Where were you playing? Like O2. O2. Oh, was it the first time? It was the first time. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. You I'm... can't top it. You may as well go there. No. Okay, so you had a pulmonary something whilst doing the Royal Albert Hall. You went off, had a nose job, and then you played the O2. Exactly. And on but the first had... night, on the first how far into the show did you die of this heart attack? Um, it was after the 11 o'clock number. So the 11 o'clock number in a musical theatre terms is the... Oh, is the um, is that, so there's basically the, the normal structure to a musical theatre show is mm-hmm. you have the opening, mm-hmm. then you have the I want number, which sets like the protagonist needs and wants. It doesn't go anywhere, the song, but you listen to what the protagonist wants. Then you have the charm number, which is all bells and whistles. Then you have the, um, the 11 o'clock number, which is where the protagonist has suffered through something and they're screaming about... Like, you know, this in Dreamgirls, and I am dead. Yeah. That one, sorry, it's loud. Um, and then at the end, you have the finale. So this is at the, the, the penultimate. Can I just ask, sorry, why 11 o'clock, like one before 12? Like it's going to end at 12? It's, I don't know why it's called the 11 o'clock number. There's a, there's a reason on Wikipedia that I've forgotten, but there's a reason why. But it's called the 11 o'clock number. Okay. And, I, I, and basically, I sing this song, and, and the power and the strength that goes into the performance makes me faint. Because most shows end before 11, that's why I'm worried about it. <laughs> so you're still, everyone's gone home and you're Mate, still... Mate, not in Vegas, babes. <laughs> okay. So you're, so you're doing your, I mean, in the middle of the I am telling you number. Yeah, and I faint. And you faint and people go... Oh, Have you seen? Yeah. Oh, but you're I don't, also funny, so what, 
So why do they... They might think you're joking. Yeah, which are you like? Can I talk about a movie right now? It's not really the place where we're going. Um, you see Mulholland Drive? Have I seen Mulholland Drive? I've only got the bloody poster. Have you? I haven't well, seen it. Well, you know it, the scene where <laughs> she's doing... Um, I love it. Silencio. This is a recording, that scene. Yeah. And she faints. Yes. That's how I die. Dubbing, lip syncing to an old song at the O2. I'm not lip syncing, I'm singing my own because I can, but I I faint like that she does. This is a recording of Jade Death. I love it. Okay, so you die on stage. I mean, Two I'd... lesbians staring at me crying in wigs. <laughs> that is a great death. Before great some death. weird little tiny people come and laugh at them in a, in a room somewhere. Yeah, sort of come out of a bin. What, what, uh, how do you feel about death? Are you, is it something that worries you? you okay no, I've watched it. I saw it happen. Right. You were like okay with it? Yeah, I watched it. My sister died and I watched and yeah, I was so there. I know about that. I'm very I, sorry. That's all right, mate. You didn't do it. My sister died yes. and we had a very strong filmy sort of relationship as well. We'd watch okay. movies, certain movies together, which I will talk about. Okay. Um, and I watched it. I watched her die and I was there and it's not as scary as you think. It just happens and then that's that. Um can I ask you a question about that? And if yeah. you're uncomfortable, we have to talk about it. I've spoken about it before, yeah. but it's, it's fine. Uh, was it a sort of a, a peaceful thing at the, the final thing? Or was it? did you feel like, oh, she's not here anymore? Is it a change in the... Well, she'd, have, she'd gone into a coma. Right, OK. Um, and then, so she wasn't really there. She smelled like her. I remember I was over the top of her and I was playing a track from 8 Mile right. in her ears. I was playing Cleaning Out My Closet in her ears, trying to wake Great her up. Tune. She hates Eminem. Well, she did okay. hate Eminem. I was trying to wake her up mm. with songs she hated. She didn't, obviously, and then she died. But it was peaceful. She'd, you know, she'd suffered with a brain tumour for about six years, so she, um, you know, it was peaceful. It wasn't for us, obviously. We had a, a yeah. three years of absolute shit. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was, it was in a way, and it is really, it's like, you know, like births and deaths. And yeah. It's like a, I've seen a baby be born as well, and, and, and births and deaths are, are pretty similar, to be fair. It's an incredible feeling of, like... Uh, honor as well like i that it, this human existed and then i was there for the last moment of it yeah. was which is an incredible like an incredible thing that i think if you ever get to be part of that don't yeah. be scared of it and just like wow yeah you know because it's like it's an impossibility that we're all here where as yeah. my boyfriend rich wilson he um he says we're just uh we're just dustin and rocks that got excited Mm. And and we shouldn't be here, and we should be very lucky about what about everything we have, yeah. and not get too bogged down in the things we sh- think we should have, and and just be happy with what we've got because we shouldn't be here. And my sister, you know, she died at the age of twenty seven, the rock star age. Okay. And um, and it was what she was, and it was evolution. It was evolution going. This woman shouldn't breed. We don't want her genetics in the world. That's what that's what death is, evolution. And do you, do you feel, are you, do you think there's an afterlife? Do you feel some? I'd like there to be. I'm agnostic, so I'm open to the possibility, but it's not been proven yet. I need proof for things. I can't do this faith shit. Well, there's one way to find out. Let's kill me. Yeah. Uh, I'm dead. I'm dead. Okay. So you're, you have a, you have a, I suppose a very real relationship with death and very, you're at sort of peace with it. Yes. 
Let's wait until I get cancer first before. Yeah. I, you, you might watch me like run around like a headless chicken because I've got cancer or something at some point. Yeah. I smoke, so the likelihood is very, very likely. But we'll see how I handle it. But right now I'm very zen about it. Okay. But I might change. Well, there's, it's not all bad news. Great. Good news is... Yeah. Guess what? What? Surprise. There is an afterlife. There's a heaven. Oh. Oh, and it's great. And basically you'll love it there because everyone's obsessed with films. And all they want to do is talk about your life, but through films. Oh, my God, that's my dream. You're going to love it, mate. Everyone's just asking you. So the first question I ask is, what is the first film you remember seeing? Okay, it was uh, Lady and the Tramp, Disney's. Beautiful. Um, that was the first ever movie I watched. It was the first time I ever saw Love as well, with these two dogs eating spaghetti together. And mm. also that sort of working class, middle class uh, connection <laughs> yeah. thing as well, which I was intrigued by from an early age because mum didn't send us to a the rough school that everyone else went to we went to the posh school so i experienced being the tramp you were the tramp i was the tramp at school yeah did you have a lady i had friends that were ladies so i met a best friend at school called joe right and she uh and she was my lady she was really from posh her mum didn't approve of me to begin with but she she loves me now Mm -hmm. um she thought i was leading her daughter down a dark path but what she doesn't know is her daughter was an absolute nightmare no she wasn't she's absolutely brilliant yeah, so I had that experience with, uh, with, with with that as well. But yeah, Lady in the Tramp. Do you did you see it at the cinema or on TV? Do you remember? So the cinema. Oh really? With my sister, yeah. Oh wow, just the two of you? No, my parents were there as How well. How old were you? Do you think? Really young. Three. Probably four, three. Where, what do you remember the cinema? We went to. It was the one in Brislington in Bristol, Showcase Cinemas. Oh, nice! I like a showcase. Uh, my niece now works there. Really? Yeah, it's the only job she's kept. At, I'm really proud of her. She's 18. And she, it's a job she's kept down for the longest, and it's really good. She's not education isn't for her. She'll find her way at some point, but she's kept a job down, which is brilliant. It's excellent. Cinema job, great job, great job, mate. So you like Lady and Tramp? Do you remember thinking, "Fucking hell, this is this is for me, being an animated dog"? <laughs> I just remember um, wanting to fall in love, right. and it was all those movies that I, you know, every movie I, I love is probably to do with love. Um, but that's what I, why I watch movies is because I, I love love. I love yeah. uh, the romance of it, you know. I have a, th- I have a th- uh, thing, right? I read it, I think it was like a BuzzFeed article. And it was like about, well, what sitcoms need to stop doing because it's so boring, we're so done with it. And one of the things was, a will they, won't they? Enough, we get it. Stop putting will they, won't they's and stuff. And I was like, are you mad? That's all anyone cares about. Millennials, man. That's they all anyone cares about. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think anything that doesn't have a bit of love in it, I'm like, well, what what's the we, point? What are we hooking into? What are we fighting for? Yeah. If it's not, if, if life isn't about love, what's the point of being alive? You cynical motherfuckers. What it is, is we need a war. Well, and millennials you... will sort their shit out because they've all got, they all walk around like nothing matters and nothing works. Mm. And I talk to old people a lot. If right. I can talk to an old person, just because they've got an experience of life. Yeah. That I haven't. Well, I've got my own trauma, I suppose, that, you know. Yeah. But these millennials ain't been through nothing. They're like, get rid of this, get rid of that. Like, the fact that they all hate friends. <laughs> you absolute morons. They just take the joy out of everything. Okay. So, you think we need a war? Okay, yeah. that's question one. <laughs> <laughs> Lady and the Tramp, we need a war. Yeah. So, uh, the next question is, what is the film that scared you the most? Oh, my God. Well... So my brother is 10 years older than me. Right. And he used to play... Brilliant electrician. Yeah. 
uh, he used to play a game with me, which was Guess the Movie. So we'd get a VHS from mm-hmm. his collection and he'd play a section from it. And then me as eight years old and him 18, I'd have to guess the movie. But my brother would put on the film Alien when the facehugger um, face hugs John Hurt. Yes. And then impregnates him with his little alien through penis the through the mouth. And my brother would put that scene on. So Alien. Is there is another one, but it's not a movie, so I can't... Is it, what is it? Tell it's me. the Incredible Hulk. I couldn't be in the room. Okay. With, the, the um, with, with Ferrell, what's his name? Lou Ferrino. Lou Ferrino, yeah. Um, do, 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 do. But it's not a movie. But Alien. There was an Incredible Hulk TV movie. So Was there? Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's it. kind of that. Yeah, but Alien was the one. Because he was an abs- my brother was an absolute swine. There was also a movie... Yes. ...that I um, didn't get over, and we watched Trolls... Do you remember trolls? trolls? Not trolls as in the cute little naked no, ones no. with the colourful hair. They, they basically made... It was like a it was like a cheap horror film. Yeah, it was horrible. That was on VHS. And, yeah. yeah and these people would turn into these blobs. Yeah. That's all I remember. And I screamed and ran out of the room. Mm. Um, and then I couldn't sleep. But basically, as a child, I was terrified of everything like to do with scary movies. Because Kane, my brother, like tortured me. Right. Um, I wonder why I do what I do. But my yeah. brother's attention with me was to do with, with him, like, scaring the shit out of me. Right. Um, so I used to, like, I, I I couldn't watch scary movies, and now I love it, now I love it. I oh, do you? Yeah, well, I, I'm terrified still, and I watch it through my hands, but I, I love the adrenaline I get from it. I'm sort of, because of doing this this job, I yeah. now am addicted to adrenaline. Yes. Like, I'm sure you are as well. Yes, I think it's a problem. Yeah, it's a major issue. So the scarier the movie, I mean... Oh, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, okay. There'll be other questions you ask, and that movie will <laughs> will be part of it. But um, yeah, so alien. many setups. Yeah, so alien, mate. <laughs> I used to have terror nightmares when I was a kid. Terror. Yeah, not and so you get nightmares. Yeah, and then kids used to have terror nightmares. But I had I've I had them up in quite an, a late age, which was basically nightmares you can't get out of. So you wake up well, and like you're still you're in sort it. Of, oh, what? yeah. So I used to, my brother would babysit, and I'd be screaming and. Um, once he hit me across the face. I mean, my brother sounds like an awful person, but he's not. He was just an but older brother. he's a brother. tremendous electrician. He's a tremendous out. electrician. I was terrified of things. and I'd have terrible nightmares. And my brain was overactive and and I'd freak myself out, especially if I'd watched anything slightly scary, then it would stay with me for a really long time. <sighs> yeah, I mean... What is a terror? Can you can you describe a terror nightmare for me? I'm sorry, I'm asking you such hard ha- questions. I used to have a, maybe, an image of a man yeah. in my room yeah. walking towards me, pointing his finger, yeah. just slowly. And I used to, and, and yeah. that, that guy was in my room a few times when I was a kid. So that was what I'd be screaming at: is this person pointing towards me with his finger? I saw it loads. But he wasn't. When you say he was in your room, you mean he wasn't really, but he was. Well, he was yes. in my head, uh, and, and that would, I'd be stuck in the dream because this person would be in my room. What did he look like, this pointy man? He looked like my dad. Okay. Was, was, he just looked a bit like my dad. He was sort of balding and um, with, like, uh, with gla- uh, he just had a, an air of my dad about him, but he was, just, he was a man pointing at me. Was he sort of pointing like, this is rubbish? Was no, he like he was an audience member? he walking towards me, pointing with a, with a steady hand. Ooh. Did he ever get to you? No, because I'd scream the shit out of him. Right. <laughs> no one comes near Jade when she's screaming. <laughs> Not even in real life. Terror or no terror. Yeah. Uh, okay. What is the film that made you cry the most? Oh, well, this is interesting because there's so I many so. of them. It's Titanic. Okay. I was depressed. That's the film I was depressed. Oh, really? Yeah, I watched Titanic 57 times. Okay, that's a is, lot of time. 
three yeah. hours and 21 minutes long, which is nine days of my entire life that I've watched Titanic for. How much of your life is that? Point nine days. Point two percent of your life? Probably. Okay. Yeah. So you've spent, you've, quite, you've really invested in Titanic. Quest, many questions. <laughs> this is the film that depressed you so much. Why keep going back? Because I, I love... You love love. I love crying. Okay. Loves I cry. love being sad. Do I, you? Yeah, I love it. I love having deep emotions. Like I know other people around me don't like it when I do, but I yeah. really love the drama of sadness. Okay. And having a good cry, there's nothing like it. Like sobbing, like... like snot streaming down your face and like shaking with tears yeah and that's what that film did for me is just make me shake with tears how old were you when you saw this i was 1994 so no 1990 yeah 1994 so i was no 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 it was 1996 no nope. seven seven 96 was romeo and juliet 97 it was uh 1997 and i would have been 13 14 years old mm-hmm. and it was a, a group of girls i hung out with and we were all just mm. absolutely devastated i had a cardboard cutout of jack dawson oh, yeah. um and i just i couldn't believe she let him go i couldn't believe she just let him go in the water why does she i mean it's the eternal he di- question he dies in her arms in her hands and he doesn't put her on the she didn't put him on the bloody wooden door why doesn't she put him on the door because he just decides to be a good guy. My boyfriend's like this as well. Like, you know, like, will opt to be a good guy rather than to, like, save himself in situations. Like, yeah. it's really annoying. Like, lacks selfishness. So in, if, in certain ways, in other ways he does. But Jack Dawson, like, just wanted Rose to be okay, so he went into the water and then got hypothermia and died. So if Rich Wilson was on the Titanic with you... <coughs> he'd get in the water and save and me and then would die, die like some sort of stupid idiot martyr. <laughs> And you'd be like, there was room on the door. I'd be going, you stupid fucking twat, get on the door. Yeah. Or get on top of me. Let's shag in the Atlantic. Keep ourselves Keep warm. Keep warm. You're absolutely Why right. Why aren't you shagging right now? You were so hot in that cab. <laughs> you were too hot in the cab. Now you're too cold in there. Jesus sea. Christ, use your noggin. But imagine how tiny his, his knob was in that sea. Oh my God. Absolutely, could have just you know gone down on it. That's something you don't think about when you think about Titanic. You think about how tiny his penis is when he's hanging on that door. Oh, he just and she breaks and she's I never let go. I never let. I was like I was in the cinema. I was like, yeah, and like uh, like uh, like uh, like I'm trying to stop the tears from coming and like and not and just not being able to. Yeah, just like. I can't, I, like, it was, I was being, I was exercising some sort of demon of, of sadness out of me. And I used to watch Titanic to get myself sad as well. So, I mean, so many questions. So you, so you're like, you're just like sort of naturally happy. You're like, oh, I don't like this. I need to get into some fucking sad. I'm missing that. So like, you think your, your natural state is, happy, is optimistic, happy, upbeat? No, I think my natural state is just a state. And then I vary between happiness and sadness like in a healthy way right so like i find that my my like because my outpouring will really clear me as well like to really feel an emotion like happiness i love i remember when i fell in love with rich and i used to skip down the road yeah i still do i feel the same way about rich (laughs) he's great he's so great (laughs) i love it 
But like I, you know, falling in love, you know, that validation from a person that you really like used to, you know, I literally skip down the road and sometimes I walk and I'm really happy and I, and I, and I'll, I'll close my eyes and I'll look up to the sky and I'll let the sun, whatever, whatever is in the sky, like beam on my face and I'll feel happiness for a moment. Mm. But, you know, that doesn't last. And I think I'd better put Titanic on to balance this <laughs> out. <laughs> no, I I, it doesn't make me cry anymore. I've, I've, really? The thing, I, I've had this thing, which is where if I like something, I overdo it until I don't like it anymore. Yeah. Like um, uh, Seaweed Thins from Itsu. Yeah. I was exactly the same with the song Where Is The Love by Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> Where is the love? I, I can't, can't listen to it anymore, anymore. but I, I overdid it. Mine was <laughs> Donna, came out. Uh, Donna Summer. Yeah. I love you always, forever, near and far, closer together, together, everywhere I will be with you. Say you love and love me forever, never stop and never and forever. Oh, the other thing is, yeah, yeah. with Titanic, mm. Titanic's how I learned to play the piano. No shit. Yeah. Please explain. So I didn't, I, I'm not musical, or I wasn't musical. And then I watched a girl play a piano for a year over her shoulder, which was my best mate. And then I... Did she know watched, you were watching? Yeah, she okay. knew. And then I watched her fingers and then I copied it a year later and I played Rose, which is the the scene from Titanic where she he, he paints her or he draws her with... Uh, paint me like one of your French girls. He is actually pencil drawing her. Let's remember. There's but quite he, a lot of problems with that film, and that is the worst of them. <laughs> There's no problems with it, Brett. I know. I no, know. no. Listen, there's loads, there's loads of historical inaccuracies. I can tell you loads of them now. There's loads of problems with it, but it works. I think it works, and that's the thing people have got to stop moaning yeah. about, right? Mrs. Brown's Boys. Everyone moans about it. It is the most popular. It's comedy. Yeah. This country has seen in 20 years. I'm not minding about it. But there's a reason why. And everyone's like, it's rubbish, and then dismisses it. But if you lock on yeah. to why that is successful, and you make you do that, and then you make it better, yeah. that all the reasons you hate it, get rid of those, and make it better, you've got a hit on your hands. And it's the same with Titanic. You may not like things about it, but it was the most successful movie for a really long time. Yeah. And... and, and Change the careers of everyone in it, except for Billy Zane. <laughs> Billy Zane. He's, yeah, why? Why was that? I always because he's got a little. He's got a little cunt face, hasn't he? Is that it? I always thought he was like the most handsome man. I thought that's what men were he supposed was to so look like. Fit. Is but it, he, uh, you know, face? you know what? When he's shaking and he and he hits her and he's like, oh, it's because he hit her. Yeah, I mean, we never forgave him. Don't make me have to be a fool, Rose. Even though he was just acting, we never forgave him. He was too good. He was too good. You will honour me. Hmm. Um, you're, yes, you can't argue if people are moved and it's working for them. You can't say this is shit, even though it does have s- s- a Massive line in it. Flaws. That Picasso, he'll never amount to much. It's not the perfect movie. I have a perfect movie. Okay. For me. Um, we might have to hold off on that. Yeah. But let's hear it now. We can, it doesn't matter. We can do it in any order. It's the perfect movie. I used to think that my, per- like, the, the, what I used to think was the Mona Lisa of movies was American Beauty. Okay. With Kevin Spacey yeah. and Annette Bening. Uh, it's a very good film. I just loved, because I was studying film at the time it came out, so I was able to be analytical about it. I was, Where uh, were you studying film? Just at sixth form. Okay. So we had a we had a, a less uh, you know we had a lesson where I uh, you know and uh, like all the decisions that were made in it like have ca- the casting and the the direction the cinematography the 
the the the the art design, the the you know the script and everything. It was funny. It was sad. It was it was tragic. It was. I just it just I didn't see a flaw in it at all. I just thought it was everything it should be. Yeah. Um, so that was my. I've got a, I've got my perfection in a series as well. Uh, it is Breaking Bad. Okay. I think it's absolute perfection. Yeah. Um, even this, you know, middle bit, which everyone hates, it had to be in it. If you look at the whole of the the seven the seven seasons of it, is it seven? Yeah, seven seasons yeah. of it. It's the story of a man who finds out he's got cancer and then what he does with the rest of his life, and that is incredible. And you yeah. don't work that until the end. And that bit where the camera's floating away from him and the, that song Black Baby Blue comes and yeah. you just... Oh my God. You get like a... Sorry. It's all right. Every time I talk about this, it makes me feel this way. But basically, like, when, you lo- when you've lost someone, mm-hmm. you, their life just flashes in front of your eyes. And instead of them doing, like, some shit montage at the end of that, they just did that scene and then I saw it. And, I, and it just, you know, like, I've lost my sister. And, uh, and that, that bit makes, make, it makes you see, and it's the same at the end of American Beauty, like, you know, the guy, how he, yeah. how he finishes the end of his life. Why am I crying another fucking... Want me to give you a hug? Oh, mate, no, I'm fine. Oh, we could, do you want to? Come on. Oh, mate. I know you like being sad. Thanks, mate. I cry at the drop of a hat. Thank you. You know what's amazing? As you said that, your hat fell off. Did it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it has. Um, but that scene when when the camera goes up, it's just do you know when sometimes just someone perfectly describes uh, or a director or someone absolutely one hundred percent describes something that you think about all the time. Mm. It just makes me really emotional because you're like, oh my god, there's someone out there that really gets me. And then yeah. there's another side to it, which is where you're like, oh my god, I'm just like someone, and then you don't, you realise you're not unique. That's the other flip side of it. But there's there, you know like films that surround death. I think are. American Beauty was like when I watched that because I, you know, growing up, mm. my family, for example, have this, you know, like I sort of started to find it's similar theme. So I started to find culture and art and creativity when I met people at school, whilst my family weren't doing that as well. So I was stuck in this sort of suburban thing in Bristol um, whilst I was finding really creative things in my life and I had like a I was I related loads to it which I do with all of my movies and and that's what I and yeah and that's what I why I that film's perfect for me because it was like a man who had 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 enough of being who everyone thought he was Mm. and then he just started opening himself up like a flower and introduced all this life and love to his life and that's what I did when I was younger yeah I relate to all of it, uh, everything, really heavily and incredibly sensitive and emotional, especially at the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm overly compensating for the fact I've just cried. But the, the yeah, Breaking Bad, for example, that scene, I remember I was sat with an ex-boyfriend when I was watching that scene. Mm. And I he'd, you know, he'd been with me for a couple of years and it was really bad. Also, you're us. wearing Walter White's hat. <laughs> I am, aren't I? Yeah. Shit. You literally are wearing Heisenberg's hat. <laughs> That's mental. Isn't that mental? I, is this is really? another thing I do. Dress I dress, like I dress like I dress like movie characters. Did you not see my outfit for Edinburgh last year? Uh, no, I wasn't here last year. We'll talk year. about that in a minute. Okay. I sound crazy on this podcast. It's not. I've been through quite a lot of trauma. Listen, a when a, you cut anything that you wish you don't to have cut, cut after, don't cut anything. B, it's fine. there's nothing wrong with human emotions. Yes. 
and see if uh, any of this is uncomfortable. We can go back over it. We can do anything. No, it's fine. It, it, uh, yeah, it's fine. And you don't sound crazy. Thanks, mate. We're all crazy. We're all at the Edinburgh Fringe. We're really also intense. at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. <laughs> it's really intense. If, if there's going to be any time you're going to feel crazy, it's this. It's this one. We're, we're on the home stretch today, three weeks to go. <laughs> oh my God, it's only day seven. Seven. Eight. Shit. Um, so, but, yes, uh, it, for me, it was, it's the perfect film. Okay. Yeah. Now, what is the film that you used to love? And then you've watched it again recently and you've gone, oh my God, this is an awful film. Oh, that's it. Like, it does not hold up. I'm disgusted I used to love this film. A film that hasn't aged well. Yeah, basically. Oh, let me, um, oh, this is something I should have thought about before we got here. Let me just think about it for just a second. Just for the record, Jay didn't do her homework. I didn't do my homework. That's okay, we're all busy people, we've got lives to live. (laughs) We're all I guess you had other priorities. Probably watching Titanic again for the 60th time. I've got this is really controversial. Mm -hmm. I massively don't like Labyrinth. Okay, right. (laughs) I very rarely get angry on this. It's happened once before, and uh, and it's now happened again. I mean, you can say that, but be prepared for. I know a a bag of hate mail now, all from me. I I love. David Bowie in it. Yeah. I love the costume. You love the cod piece. The cod piece, everything to do with him. I hate the puppets. Fucking hell. It's like you're stabbing me repeatedly in the heart. <laughs> I hate the puppets so much. I don't think that film's aged well. I don't think we can be friends. <laughs> you hate the puppets. I hate them. I hate them. They're annoying. I hate the song as well. Jesus. You remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power of this makes no sense. Well, it makes perfect sense. It reminds me of a babe, a babe that had magical powers. That was like him, Jared, the fucking wizard. Goblin like, King, Goblin yeah. King. It makes exact perfect sense, doesn't it? Because he was once the babe. Every it's it's cyclical. Every baby that is stolen and brought there eventually becomes the goblin king unless they are rescued and they're never rescued until Jennifer Connelly comes about maybe if you understood the fucking film I didn't get it puppets you don't like puppets what sort of monster are you I'm so sorry I can't believe I hugged you (laughs) (laughs) okay doesn't that happen yeah okay yeah I guess if you had sympathy for Jade up to this point (laughs) There's no sympathy now. I, re- I I love that bringing people in, oh dear. giving them an emotion, and then shoving it right back up their noses. You got, I mean, you're really going to have to pull a, an eleventh hour song people are out your ass. For saying I hate Labyrinth. Everyone loves it. I hope your eleven o'clock song's a good one. <laughs> so you're really going to need it. Um, okay, she doesn't like Labyrinth. Would you like to say anything else about not liking Labyrinth? No. You don't like the puppets. No, it really Labyrinth. ruins it for me. The, oh, the puppets are the thing that gets in the way of Labyrinth. Yeah. Then it's just uh, a baby, David Bowie. I hate and the baby. Hates the baby. Doesn't even like the baby. And I think Jennifer Connelly became a better actress. Oh, my God. A better actress. She was incredible in uh, that film with Bruce Willis. Sixth Sense. She's not in the Sixth Sense. Brutal Mind, that's the one. Okay, and that's Russell Crowe. But she, no, it's not. Is it? She's in that with him, isn't she? She plays his wife. She plays his wife. Yeah, she won she's an great Oscar in that. She's great in that. She's great. a fucking brilliant actor. Not Sixth Sense. That was Tony Collette. Yeah. She's no. Yes, Bruce it was Willis Tony wife. Collette. 
No, no, no. Bruce Willis' wife in Sixth Sense is played oh. by. Uh, uh, what's her name? Her name is. Don't tell me. She looks just know. like Jennifer Connelly. She is an English actor. Very brown good. Hair. You what? You brown hair. You'd get. She's got brown hair, and she is called Olivia Williams. That's it. Ding well dong. done, mate. <laughs> so, what is the film that? That it's sort of considered bad. People don't like that film, but you're like, I love this film unashamedly and I will stand by it other than Titanic. 100% Showgirls. Great answer. Yeah. I love Showgirls. Showgirls. I love it. I took my friend, Tim Glencross. He's a fantastic novelist and a very clever boy. And his mum and dad, who I love, and we're very close now, but I think they used to think I was a bit naughty (laughs) and I shouldn't be allowed near him. And I took him to see Showgirls. Naughty, we were too young. I wasn't allowed to take him. Snuck him out of school. We went to see Showgirls. Anyway, you know the thing in Showgirls? Like, I, look, I was a young boy when I saw Showgirls. I don't know why it's considered bad because I loved it. And then there's a sex scene in it which is considered like the worst sex scene of all time between Dale Cooper and Jesse from Saved by the Bell. I mean, I was banging to it. What, the swimming pool? Yeah. Yeah. With who? Carl McLaughlin, you mean? Yeah. Who did you say? Dale Cooper. Yeah, wrong guy. It's Kyle no, McLaughlin. But, but he played Del Cooper. Oh, is that his picks. name in it? No, his name is Kyle McLaughlin. In but it. But in it, he's called Del. Del. Cooper. No. In Twin nice. Peaks, he's called Del Cooper. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I haven't watched Twin Peaks. Right, again. You're, you're, <laughs> carry on, anyway. I haven't seen Pulp Fiction. <laughs> hey, I <can't> <laughs> I love saying all these things. I'm not. People go crazy when I tell them I yeah. haven't seen any of these things. I haven't been this angry since the John Dreamer episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so. Showgirls, talk, tell me everything. I, well, the, be- the reason why yeah. is because the first time I saw Showgirls properly mm-hmm. was at the Rio Cinema in Dalston with about 300 gay men. Oh, and it was the most cool. incredible experience of my life. Yeah. I've watched it since. The script of it is terrible. They mm-hmm. had to say things like, um, um, I like, I like having nice tits. Do you like having nice tits? <laughs> Isn't that how women talk? And then she goes, where are you from? And then Naomi goes, different places. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then like randomly like, and then like she storms off. And then there's a bit where this ginger guy goes, and Naomi's like, and like they're doing these weird dance moves. She's got, he's going, thrust it, thrust it, thrust it. It's so rubbish. But it's cult and the geezer from LA law hands out ice cubes to make their nipples hard yeah what is that and then she's like and her nipples are already hard yeah like that woman's got you never see them soft they're never soft I've studied it oh we've all studied that movie (laughs) um yeah I uh I watched it with the gays and then I've watched it on my own as well and it holds out in both in both I love it I really love it I love how naff and rubbish it is Mm. I love how much I love how crap it is Mm. but I love how much Effort went into it. Oh, everyone's doing the, the, at the top of their game. <laughs> Gina, uh, Gina Gershon, just like there's always someone younger and hungrier than you, ready to walk down behind the stairs and push you down. I don't know. What, I don't know what the proper line is. <laughs> push you down the stairs. They'll push down the stairs. She's <laughs> off her tits on something. There's and then she like there's a bit where she like dips her two fingers in. To, to the champagne and like licks her fingers and then she like does it again and then she like flicks it on Naomi Naomi sorry in mm. a restaurant like who does that <laughs> who, who does that showgirls will do that Las Vegas mate it's Las, crazy Las Vegas and the show that they're rehearsing is shit is dog shit <laughs> I, the thing that's sort of strange about it and I know everyone has a dream 
but like, I guess maybe I don't really get it. I, I think my own problem, the only problem in the film is I'm like, does anyone care about these shows? Does anyone like audiences? Like, are they are they a thing that people go? I've got to see who's the head showgirl at this thing at the Bellagio today. Is that a thing? Not Maybe anymore because of sexism and all of that stuff. Right. I've seen empty people doing similar shows, empty uh, performances of similar shows with yeah. burlesque. No one's into it like that anymore. But were they ever? I don't think. I don't know. Maybe in the eighties when there right. wasn't social media, and if you wanted to have a look at tits, you can just go. There's some tits, and then you're done. Also, I, I, I love, you know, the, the female body, but I don't need to see it, like, walking over a volcano and all sorts of... Dancing. Yeah. Who looks good naked dancing? No, they can dance, but, like, in those shows, there were, like, volcanoes and there was, like, dinosaurs. It's like, mate, just save your budget. Just get the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not here for the volcanoes. <laughs> qu- qu- so the sex scene in Showgirls, the one in the swimming pool. Hot. It's hot, right? Yeah, mate, I love it. They're pouring, the, pouring champagne and then licking her nipples. <laughs> I love it. Yes, yeah, Her just, lipstick does not move. She jumps about like a fish. Oh, and she's like... So what? <laughs> is that a crime? If jumping about like a fish when you have sex is a crime, then lock me up. <laughs> Shoot me dead. Her, she has this incredible lip liner all the way through the movie as mm. well. Like the ne- that smudges and then the, and then the next scene it's reapplied. It's like... Th- that lipstick, I know from wearing lipstick, that that doesn't stay on one's face at all. Right. So that's the main problem with that film. Yeah. But that is, I love that film, even though other people hate it. That's a great answer. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, what is the film? It's my favourite question, this one. What is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily a good film. Might not even be a, a memorable film on its own, but because of the experience you had watching it. You've just told me a good one, which is seeing showgirls with 300 gay people at Rio. But do you have one where you go, it was a first date, it was something like that? I have Strictly Ballroom by Baz Luhrmann. Oh, great film. Go on. Uh, is also uh, jointly my favourite film with others. Yeah. I can't choose between the ones that are my tops. Yeah. But Strictly Ballroom, I watched with my nan, and she yeah. was the nan that used to give me apple pie and coffee at the age of nine. And it was my first dance movie. Dance movies are my favourite. Okay. So movies that involved a, da- a dance situation in it. And in fact... Flash dance, step up. Step save up. Save the last dance. And eventually Tiny Dancer, Brett Goldstein. Mm. Mm. Uh, which is going to be a film I write, so don't steal the title, by the way. I Strictly Ballroom is incredible. It's everything I love. It's the costumes, it's the, it's the accent, it's the... Ugly duckling, but with a real ugly duckling. We're talking like she's butters. And then she's like sort of slightly better looking, but like it's not it's not fake. It's not like oh she's all that where she like is actually fit underneath those glasses. Mm. Like this girl's frank, frank, frank. She's plain. Um, I was obsessed with Scott Mercurio. Uh, Paul Mercurio, sorry, that played Scott Hastings in it. Paul Mercurio ended up being Heartbreak High, ended up being the dance teacher of Katerina in Heartbreak High. Oh, and they yeah. had this great scene where they, like, dance with each other to um, Savage Gardens, I Want You. Chicka Jerry Cooler. And they try to explain, I close my eyes and I am taken to a place where your crystal mind and magenta feelings take up shadow in the base of my spine speak like a Chicka Jerry Cooler. Beautiful. There you are. Um, but Paul Mercurio was like the object of my affections for many, many years. Did you see it at the cinema with your nan? No, we watched it on VHS in okay. her front living room. Lovely. And then we'd get on the keyboard and play songs together and stuff. There's a nan that liked me. The other one used to hide my inhaler, but... 
<laughs> I, I'm so sorry. That's, I, uh, I can't speak about her until uh, a time in the future. So, um, so but the she, other one's she not still on with her. us. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the other one is not with us anymore, and she was incredible. My dad's mum, she was incredible. The one who, who didn't mind you keeping the inhaler near you. Yeah. That's the difference between them, isn't it? It's a difference. Nanny Adams, Marjorie Adams, her name was. It's a real difference. You preferred the nan who wanted you to live. Fair enough. Yeah. The other one just didn't get it. You shouldn't have favourites, but okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but Strictly um, Ballroom, I, I'll tell you what I want. I want... Pam, uh, Ken, I want Ken Radians to come in here and say, Pam Short's broken both her legs and I want to dance with you. Pam Short's broken both her legs and I want to dance with you. That was unexpected. New great. steps, new steps, new steps. There are no new steps. Can you dance? Yes, I was a dancer <gasps> for 12 years. That's what? what? With my sister. Oh, wow. Mm. Do you dance in your show? Not the- yet. It's the next Ooh, one. Oh, Hello. The next show. It's the thing I'm holding back. Look out. I damaged my knee three years ago doing a scissor kick to PJ and Duncan's Let's Get Ready to Rumble, and I haven't danced since. Mm -hmm. But my knee's fine now. I've had an operation. Where were you doing the PJ and Duncan dance? Uh, At the Bethnal Green Working Men's Club. On stage? Mm, Pretty much, yeah. Everyone was watching me. Right, but you were just like out for a night out. Yeah, I was on a night out. I haven't danced since, but we've spoken about this, but I have this Mm. incredible idea for a dance movie called... Tiny dancer. Don't tell the rest of it because someone will steal it. They can't. It's really good. They can't because the industry already know about it, so they can't have it. They can try their arse off. I will come round their house and kneecap them if they nick it. Ladies and gentlemen, are you listening? Listening. I will come round and kill you. Kill you. I will kill you. She will come round and she will hide your inhaler. But uh, I was a dancer and I was with my sister. Dancing is very important to me. Okay. Uh, my sister was a dancer. You think your life was that advert? What was the advert? Tiny Can Dancer. Oh. The John Lewis advert. John Lewis advert. With yeah, the, the little, with the girl the little tubby around. girl nearly knocking everything over. <laughs> She's not the greatest dancer, but she has passion. I love it. Yeah. I really imagine that as you. It, I look, I, well, my best mate was like, Babs, it's you. <laughs> okay, next question. We might have answered it, but what's the film you thought was the sexiest <gasps> what a question. Well, I th- I, recently there's one. Go on. Nymphomaniac. <whistles> one and two. Not a sex in hell. It. Oh, my God. But, like, really uncomfortable stuff as well. Like, like, I'm not just talking, like, romantic sexiness. I'm talking, like, massively uncomfortable. Mm. But I loved it. Right. There is a subsection to this category, which we might have already stepped into, which is called Worrying Widens, Troubling Boners. Which is where you were aroused by something that perhaps you shouldn't have been. Yeah. Or that you questioned now. There's something wrong with me now. Nymphomaniac. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the scene where, oh my God, uh, the boy who played Billy Elliot. Jamie Bell. <sighs> yeah. And he's, oh, it's just. What's he up to? Oh, he's just, I've never seen him like that before. Right. He was Billy Elliot. And, and there he's got her on some books and he's spanking her and, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had a worrying wide on. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I I will. What I would like to tell tell because like they could have cast anyone, and they've got a really handsome lad playing mm. that character in that movie. Yeah, and they could have cast anyone, and they specifically cast someone who because he's, he's ridiculously handsome. Right, and I, I I'd I'd be I'd I'd be our pressed for a straight woman to watch that or a, a gay man mm-hmm. uh, to watch that and go. 
unaffected in unaffected the tuppence, yeah that's why Fifty Shades of Grey was so popular yeah that was a terrible travesty that that movie just because the book was so racy it was so racy and mm. it was crap but it was racy yeah. and it was hot as well and that's what I love that book because of what it did to basic bitches across the world which Agreed. is show them what they could have in bed which is to be dominated which is actually quite fun you know mm. being dominated is wicked um, and that, and then they ruined it with that bloody film. It was all tame and stuff, and like romantic. It's not about romance. No, like he, it's, it, that's not what that's about. And Nymphomaniac did what that movie should have done, which right. is show the sort of ugly sides of of sexual desire. I like the Fifty Shades of Grey film. There, I said it. I, I liked like. it. I Jay- like the last twenty seconds. I think it's a really good ending. What happens? What happens in it? Right at the end, I was really, when I saw, I watched it on a plane, right, and uh, at the end. I was like, oh, that is a genuinely good ending. What was the ending? I the ending is, so at the beginning when he first meets her, she gets in a lift and he goes, Christian. Oh. She goes, Anastasia. And she goes, Anastasia. She goes, Christian. And at the end of the film, she goes, no, because he keeps spanking her. He, she says, no. What's, oh, yeah. And she, and yeah, she runs in the lift and as the doors close, he goes, Anastasia. And she goes, Christian. And then the doors close and it ends. That's a great ending. Good ending. Yeah, no, you're right. You're bang on, actually, there. So the last 30 seconds are good. Yeah. <laughs> but my problem with it was that it was it was okay. Mm. It, it wasn't as shit as everyone was going on about. You can watch it, but... Don't watch it, it on a plane. It could be better. And don't watch it on a plane. That's disgusting. Yeah, no. There, there's another film. I, I don't know what other questions there are, but I've got... Well, uh, well so oh, wait, hang on. What's your feel... sexiest that's not, like, you know, slightly travelling? Or what? is it... Are you still sticking with Nymphomaniac? Sexiest that's slightly trebian. No, you've got you've 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 covered that one with Nymphomaniac. But is there a perhaps the first film that you were like, oh bloody hell, bloody hell, darling, I'm a wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose mm. Romeo and Juliet, Baz Luhrmann when they're snogging in the lift. You love a Leo film, don't you? I love a Baz Luhrmann. You love a Baz Luhrmann? specifically Baz. I love Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. It's not to do with Leo, but it is to do with Leo because I can tell you about another twelve movies that Leo's in that I will. Go crazy for, okay. but I think that snogging scene in the lift, yeah, with uh, like the way he kisses her and the way that his mouth moves and the way his hands are with her, like that mm. made that gave me feelings. Yeah, that did. Also, yes, we can heavenly take... creatures. That is troubling. <laughs> heavenly creatures is so dark. I know the ending like really upset me. That film. That ending's awful. Horri- but, but horrific. The, but go but on, the, what's the, the, bit? the girls, the the sort of the the the, the discovery of their sexuality was mm-hmm. hot. I think. I think that's probably okay as long yeah. as it's, it wasn't the final scene. No, I don't, I'm not into that. No, okay. that, that final scene actually ruined my boner. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nearly finished, Jackson. Oh come on! Why are you putting that brick in that sock, Peter? Stop it. Isn't it funny you did Lord of the Rings after. Yeah, shame. But that that um yeah, that was that was hot. That relation that discovery of that relationship was fit. Yeah, okay. Sexual awakening's always hot, isn't it? You've got two Leos and two Kate Winslets in you. I I love them, but I great actors. They are great actors. I'll I'd probably have more of both. But you'd have more of both? I've got more of both probably with your questions. Oh right. What is the film you... I think you might have asked this, but again, we'll ask it. What is the film you most related to? What's the film where you go, that's me, that film? Or you might get, it might be the vibe of the film, it might be the character, it might be the story, it might be like, you watch something, you're like, that's fucking me, that film. Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, great. Answer. I'm her. 
your little miss. I was her at disco dancing. I was her. Yeah. Yeah, I watched that. And, and also her lack of um, fear of, of other people, that little girl's fear of talking to people and her, her lack of fear completely. You've always had lack of fear of being not talking always, to people. Not always. Not shy. No, but I'm not, I've never been shy. But Little Miss Sunshine, yeah, I, I related heavily to that. But I, I mean, all of the movies I spoke, I've spoken about have, the reason I love them is because there's something relatable yeah. in it in it that I'm attaching myself to because after all that's why I like everything I like it's because because you it's a mirror and I am a narcissist no I think that that is the point of art is it I think I think it's a quote by Alan Bennett and I like it very much where he says sometimes you read a book and it's from the like 18th century and you'll read a line in it or a passage and it's like a hand reaching across time to shake yours because you read something (sighs) and you go fuck that's that's me. I totally get that. Beautiful, isn't it? The day I, I, I remember I was... Probably didn't do it in that accent. No. It was, I think it's more beautiful than Alan Bennett's accent. <laughs> northern, is he northern? It was hand, hand reaching across time. Go into your, your hand. Little hand coming through the pages. No, I, I, prefer your, I prefer yours. <laughs> What, so, are you, again, you may have answered all these things. What's yeah. the film, objectively, you think is the greatest film of all time? Aliens come. They say, what is cinema? You go, this one, mate. You're only allowed one. What is it? Forrest Gump. <laughs> I don't know why it's making me laugh. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. It's a great film. Yeah. I love Forrest Gump. But continue in more detail, please. Forrest Gump. I know every word. <laughs> Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah. No one saw that coming. No. No one. It's, it's cinema. Yeah. Everything cinema should be. It's Hollywood. It's Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. It's the story of a man who doesn't fit in, finding his place in the world. It's it's Robert Zemeckis. It's scored by Alan Silvestri. Sylve- the music's incredible. The romance, the drama, the relationship at the end, the going back in time, the CGI, the 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 the, the people, the historic people in, in time. You see John Lennon speaking. Like it's incredible. Like they, it's it's perfection. The white, the little, the simple, gorgeous white feather that falls on his feet and then his perfect little thumb comes down and picks it up. He opens his briefcase on his knees and he opens the yellow book that his mum used to read to him. He places that inside, closes it, closes the lid and then he waits for someone to come and sit next to him. And at the end of the story, when he sat with Little Forest, played by Hayley Jawsman when he was good looking... uh, before he could see guys. And he says, I love you too, Daddy. And Forrest has pure acceptance from someone. But he's always had that with everyone that's ever loved him. Mm-hmm. A man who can go through time. He, he never created an enemy. People hated him to begin with and then they loved him. And it's so weird. And Like, you can't predict that film. Tell me, a, you can't predict no. it. No, you're not, uh, you're not like half an hour in that film going, he's going to be a table tennis champion. <laughs> no! <laughs> like, it's not predictable. It's incredible yeah, you're cinema. Right about that. And, it, and it made people like my mum and dad love it, and it made like uh, clever people like it. My yeah. mum and dad are clever, but we're talking like pseudo intellectuals here. We're to, like, you know, like it, it, it brings together all sorts of different people. Like, there are better films than Forrest Gump, but we're talking about a film. Name one. Name one. Tom Hanks is also, he's the American father. He's, he's, he's an incredible man. He is. Like, he. I don't know. I just don't see a better film, and I know every word. I can. I could do it. 
Hello, my name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. You want a chocolate? I could eat about a billion and a half of these. My father, my mother always said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Those must be comfortable shoes. If I think about real hard, I remember my first pair of shoes. Mama said they'd take me anywhere. They was my magic shoes. All right, Forrest, you can open your eyes now. His legs are as strong as bolts, as strong as I've ever seen, but his back's as crooked as a politician, but we're going to straighten him right out now, boy, aren't we, Forrest? Forrest! Now, when I was born, my mama named me after the great Civil War hero, General Nathan Bedford Forrest. And what he did is he started this club called the Ku Klux Klan. And they'd all dress up in their robes and their bed sheets and ride around like a bunch of ghosts or spooks or something. But that's how I got my name, Forrest Gump. Mama said the Forrest part was to remind us all that sometimes we all do things that just don't make no sense. Uh, just for the people listening, uh, Jade continued to do the entire film for me, but I've, I've edited the podcast down to a manageable <laughs> man and cut it there. But it was amazing. Barbecue it, boil it, broil it, saute it, shrimp cut. Anyway. We, that was another highlight. <laughs> and it's a great film. I, 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 I forget how much I love Forrest Gump. I think I went to see it like five times at cinema. I really did love it. And I made all, all the adults in my life go and see it. I kept saying, it's the greatest Super film Bob I've ever like seen. Super Bob is like Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Smaller. It's like a small Forrest Gump. No, it's as big, I think. God bless you. You're welcome anytime. <laughs> I forgive you for your love. It's just like, it's per- your, that film you made, Brett, is perfection. Oh, I've never seen anyone I've been able to sit across the table from make a movie that I would have gone to see whether I, I enjoyed even if I knew you or not. Because I watched that before I ever met you. I did, yeah. So I didn't, I, I, yeah, I watched it when you, it first came out and mm. I, and I, and I didn't know you then and I loved it and I've watched it so many times since. I just loved the fact that you, because when I was watching it, I just said to myself, he has to end up with her. Yeah. And I was really going to be angry if you hadn't have written that, I would have been furious because I was like, there she is. That's who we should be with. Yeah. And then you made it happen and it was so beautiful. It's exactly what we wanted. The scene... In the old people's home. Oh, my God. When you, like, dance and you go up into the sky. <laughs> I love it so much. She's crying again. I love it. It's so beautiful. It's such a great oh. moment in it, Brett. Well, I love it. It's so romantic and it's all we want. Yeah. Life isn't like that, though. Although Rich makes the movies happen for me. God, I'm going to cry now. Who's going to hug me? <laughs> Thank you, Jade. It's all right. Um, how, can I just check? Are you just saying that to make up for labyrinth? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't care what you think about labyrinth. Oh my god! Don't get me. Don't. I mean, this is really going back and forth. <laughs> this is the extremes you wanted: happiness and sadness in one book. I know. What is the film you can or have watched the most over and over again? So my top most watched are Titanic. Yeah. Forrest Gump. Strictly ballroom. Yeah. Gun to Ed. Also, Moonwalker by Michael Jackson. Okay, so which is uh, the one? It's Forrest Gump, which is boring because that was already a question. No, it's, a, it's still a great answer. We're still all thinking about it, actually. Yeah. Okay, now I, I don't like being negative. You know that about yeah. me. Don't like putting negative stuff out there. But there is a brief window for it where you're allowed to discuss what you consider to be the worst film you ever saw. The Perfect Storm. Second person who said that. B.T. Emerson said that, but she had to leave because she was sick from the from seasickness. Oh. So she doesn't even know what happened I left because it was terrible. I got up and walked out. Terrible movie. Awful. Ugh, awful. Do you not know what happens at the end of the movie? No, I have no idea. I walked out. I just think you... For someone who likes... uh, I almost don't want to spoil it. 
try and watch it again. Because knowing you, I think you're going to like the perfect storm. Because yeah. I love an apocalyptic movie. Yeah. Apocalyptic movies are some of my favourite. Yeah. Perfect Storm. Not mentioned a single one, but go on. No, I, I, no, I, I mean, it's because I like them all. I know, I Normally. Know. Uh, Deep Impact. Love Deep Impact. Deep Impact. The, the tidal wave. I love dream it. about that tidal wave. Yeah. Like, come in for me. Like, I'm a Vanessa Redgrave putting my makeup on. Like, I, I, like, that tidal wave. Yeah. But The Perfect Storm, I wanted that to be... So you misunderstood the title, perhaps, and didn't realise it was a true story about a, a big storm, rather it's a true than the story. Underworld. Yeah. Oh, I just thought it was Russell Crowe moaning again. Hang on. Are you thinking of Master and Commander? Is it on Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe isn't in the perfect it? story. It's George Clooney. Ah, Hawks. George Clooney. That's it. Not okay. Russell Crowe. One of them two. It's a true story is- about fishermen and the and one of the biggest storms on record. The perfect storm. Was I- it two? Two hurricanes came together. Yeah, and really, cre- yeah, and created a perfect storm. I'm going to put this to you: that you try to watch the perfect storm again, knowing that a it's true, and b it's not an end of the world movie. It's just a, a true story about a event. That How happened. much time can you spend with a man in a boat in the sea? You watched fucking Titanic fifty nine times. <laughs> Seven. Nine days of your life. <laughs> yeah, but there was like there was like a quartet. There was some there was some dancing. I, I, honestly, I, I I just think it will surprise you if you stick with it. I think you're going to find that you like the Perfect Storm so much more than you thought you would. Okay, I'll do it's it. It's also got love in it. It's quite romantic in its way. If you don't like it after you watch it, I'll give you two pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, two pound. All right then. Two. I'll, I'll, pound. I'll watch it. Okay, I'll give you two two pound in in cash. And then you can do a little podcast. Yeah, that I'll day. Do, it, it, when I do the intro outro, you need to have seen it by then. I will say in the outro, I gave her two quid, or I didn't because she liked it. Okay. Do you have to give me two quid if you like it? No, you just got to watch it. I'll give you more than two quid. You can have a roast dinner at our ice. If I if you like it, I get a roast dinner. Yeah. And if you don't like it, I'll give you two quid. You're going to get roasted anyway. Okay. You have to just to be clear, I'm not making a roasted dinner for you no, either way. I'm making... No, you can just give me two quid. <laughs> two quid towards the roasted dinner. Yeah. Okay, lovely. What is the film? This is the... the nearly we're at the end. Uh, what's the film that made you laugh the most? Okay, this, uh, this is one that I should have researched before because I've got to really think about something that's made me laugh. And oh, what, well... Go on. I mean... And I'd rather it wasn't like, oh, this film, because it's so clever and brilliant. It's the one that made you laugh the most. Okay, let's have a... But go on, what were you about to say then? Well, the specific scenes I like in films, like I really love the bridesmaids, in Bridesmaids. Yes. The scene where they're like competing against each other. So good. (laughs) So funny. So good. Okay, another funny sequence. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Wolf of Wall Street. Officers yeah. oh, on Qualoids. On Qualoids. Great scene. <laughs> That's great. Great. That's funny. Great bit of physical comedy he's done. We didn't know he had it in him. No. Um, I'm controversial. I, I find it so shocking that I find it funny. But like Sasha Baron Cohen. What's wrong with that? The one with the machine with the dildo on the end of it. What, what? Bruno? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. My, one of my, the best bits of, uh, like, stuff in Bruno, when he mimes 
full intercourse in front of a medium with Minnie Vanilli's ghost <laughs> is, incre- is so good. The commitment, <laughs> the detail, and the fact that the reader just sits there, just like watching, <laughs> is one of my favourite sequences in anything. That's excellent. He, so I think that yeah. there's specific sequences, isn't there? Yeah. Bruno is a really good one. An underrated gem. <laughs> um, I also, Austin Powers. Yeah. Okay. The scene, like, I mean, what classic, uh, the buggy getting in and out of the. The three points The, the three points. <laughs> the three point turn in austin powers (laughs) yeah it's one of the great moments the three point turn classic that's a good comedy brain (coughs) that thinks i'll put a three point turn joke in yeah that's clever okay so the answer is this is by the time correct right (laughs) uh the divine jade the divine miss jade adams you've been a wonderful guest and we're very grateful you were here now when you died of yeah. obesity on a stage after having a pulmonary bypass or something after the Royal Albert Hall but you were at the O2 you were in the middle of the 11 o'clock song and you everyone thought you fainted everyone's standing over and then 12 people had to drag you off because you'd become so big and when a crane came crane came and forklift truck put me on a pallet my favourite and then I got palleted off palleted off when we went to put you in the coffin we got the biggest coffin we could get one big enough had to cram you in it, probably cram you in it, just like piling bits on top of other bits, right? Trying to squash it down. Unfortunately, there's only room for one DVD to go with you to the other side. And on the other side, they have movie night, and one night it will be your movie night. What film are you taking with you? Strictly Ballroom. Lovely. No hesitation. No hesitation. 100%. Forrest Gump go fuck himself. Strictly Ballroom's coming. I've watched Forrest Gump way more times. So I I, I haven't watched Strictly Ballroom enough. Yeah. Uh, But Strictly Ballroom, uh, the the scene when they dance in front of the wind sequins, uh, the the wind sequin Coca-Cola sign, the, the the beautiful moment in the, in the cellar with his father, who's dancing to a piece of music, um, uh, uh, called da- Doug's Tearful Waltz, the uh, Bogo Pogo Orchestra, the the soundtrack. I could listen to that music over and over again as well. Every single track on it, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps by Doris Day. Mm. Um, uh, Tina Spackle, uh, <laughs> the most beautiful dancer I've ever seen. Uh, like everything, everything about it. I've, I've got someone to fancy. I've got someone to hate. I've got someone to love. I've got someone I want to be friends with. I've got I've got the soundtrack of dreams. I've got colour and vibrancy and costumes that I love. And I, you know, I'm very well known in comedy for my all-in-one jumpsuits. Um, I will true. say the first person to wear them in stand-up comedy in the UK. I think. I think we're going to have to get a comedi- comedy historian to check that. But um, I'm going to now, say that it was me. I'm going to stand by it. I, I'm going to say it was me. Certainly, the only I've seen. Yeah, the only one I've seen, and uh, all-in-one catsuits are mine. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, didn't Angelos do a uh, catsuit? Fuck's sake, Angelos Apathemu. Yeah. With his naked suit. You did a catsuit and you go sing the song the in cat. the temper and, Yeah. Uh, How long ago was that? Five years. Mm, actually. I came to comedy in my nude suit in 2011, mate. See you later, Angelos. Bye-bye, Angelos. <laughs> nice try getting in the history books. Nice try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay. But it's got everything and it's got all of the things I adore. It's my connection to my grandmother, 
the dancing partner that you are friend you know my sister it's got that little connection with my sister as well she watched it with me um it's got perfect ending I do love an odd ending. I love an ending that... Like uh, Aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio. Fucking hell, that is one of my favourite films. It's one of my favourite films. I love... Hasn't been brought totally up. Totally underrated gem. It's brilliant. I did... Um, I think it should be on every Christmas day. I think it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Like at university, we could choose to do a dissertation or a practical at the end yeah. of... I did a drama degree and media, of course. And my I did a practical and my show was called Who the Devil Was Howard Hughes. And I had like a cast of about 18 and everyone played like a movie character. And I did like a site specific promenade performance with a guy playing Howard Hughes. And I did my own, basically my own version of it. Wow. And I, I became obsessed with the Howard Hughes and like reading Me up too. about him. And um, I yeah. I read all the books, yeah. And then that film came out after. Oh, um, wow. But the ending of that is perfect. Mm. But I gave, in my version of it, I gave him a Hollywood ending. Which Future is, is what he's always way. wanted. Future is the way. Future is the way. Yeah. Future oh, yeah, is yeah. the way. Future is the way. Future is, future, future is the way. They didn't put enough of the Mormons in it, I think. I think that was it. They missed a trick there. Not enough Mormons in enough films. Well, it's just because they controlled him so much mm. before he died. And it was they were they controlled his money. And I think that was a really interesting point, but they didn't put him in it. But he had he only trusted Mormons towards the end of his life. And they took his fortune he was an oil tycoon that's where he got his money from mm. anyway aviator is a great movie it is a great movie yeah. but you've taken strictly ballroom and uh, strictly let's, ballroom. let's hope that someone who dies soon will bring the aviator with them so I you can watch that again what are you bringing i am bringing singing in the rain oh brett okay oh, brett thank you for coming oh that's so lovely <laughs> thank you for coming. i want that one well, you'll have to wait for me today and I'll come and show it on movie night. Oh, Brett. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for coming on this show. We, we start, we end as we started with you crying. Thank I'm you. singing in the rain. Thank you very much for coming. You've been wonderful. I, I've been I, mental, let's I, be honest. You've been, you've been a rollercoaster ride of emotions anyway, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. I, please don't tell the other podcasters, but this has been my most favourite, passionately. Okay, if I, I'm going to listen to another podcast you've done. If you say this at the I end... I mean, I was great there. on Adam Buxton's. You were great, I heard it. Will you do Adele just for the fans? What the... Just the press of it. Hey, I need a shit. There was a bucket, I'll take a shit in it. <laughs> Who wants a shit? Who wants a shit? I need a shit. I could do a shit right here. <laughs> uh. God bless you. Classic. God bless Adam Buxton. Anyway, you've been, uh, it's been emotional. I mean, it genuinely has. It really has. <laughs> Literally has. I cry at anything. Yeah. Off you go to the other side. Thank you so much. You've been really wonderful. And I hope you've enjoyed it. And when this goes out, hopefully in the outro, I will, I will be saying whether I gave you two pounds or not. Thank you for coming. Thanks, Brett. Goodbye. So that was episode 14. Thank you so much to Jade for doing it. She did text me today to admit that she has not yet seen The Perfect Storm, so the £2 remains mine. I'd like to thank Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing the show. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. To Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the artwork. Please go on iTunes or Acast, subscribe, leave a five-star review, tell your friends, do all the admin you have to do in the modern world to enjoy anything. It would really help us all. Also, if you've not seen Superbob yet, you can get it on iTunes. And remember to get your tickets for the live show at the BFI South Bank, November 3rd, 
6pm and use the discount code BURIED to get £2 off the tickets. Next week's Films to be Buried with will be with the amazing Nick Helm. And that is it. Thank you for listening. Have a good week and please be excellent to each other. Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.